everybody, welcome back to the Pretty Bubbles podcast, where currently we are sitting top of the table. Stop the count. I've, I've heard Jamie's happier about Brighton being fourth than he is about West Ham being top. Mate, Jamie, Graham, Grace, Jamie Grace Brighton, that's why. Hey, I'm taking 20 quid off Jono for he had Brighton to go down. I, I'm, I'm counting my pennies. Uh, yeah, yeah, I still think we're going down as well. Um, <laughs> hey, do you remember uh, when he gave me grief because I said we we will not go down? Yeah, Jamie, move right. your mic away a little bit. Shut yeah, up, well, James. Well, I don't know where you're breathing. I like I your uh, it I turns like me uh, charades in with your mic off. Like, like Jamie knows, <laughs> Jamie only thinks he's sucking a dick here, not like moving a mic <laughs> Um Matt, let's move, let's go to you quickly for the handles and then we'll crack on with the football. Yeah, as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, um, all the good stuff. You can find the podcast if you're not watching on YouTube, on all of the usual podcast platforms. So wherever you can find us, get in touch and follow us. Excellent, 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 excellent. Right, last night, Monday night, uh, first home game for the boys this year and obviously back with a full crowd. Um, Jamie, you were there. Um, I'm going to come to you first. 4-1 victory uh, against a good lesser side. Um, how was it up there? What was the atmosphere like? Like, Was it worth going to? Good to be back? It was weird. Like a really, really good weird. Like you could tell like just everyone was optimistic going in. Like even with the like relationship with the board, I think a few people were worried about that, but I never was because I think everyone was just so happy to be back for the first time in 18 months. The first, like, the, the songs, the chants the whole way through were really good. And I was talking to my mate and I said, since the start of the year, you can tell there's a real, like, benefit of being at home. I think in the first week of the season, seven teams won at home. This week, I think it was seven again. So, yeah, it, it it's a real, real benefit to be playing at home right now. And I think everyone would agree that we were the best team on the night. We played Leicester off the park. Their own their goal came out of nowhere. And Ben Rama and Antonio have started this season absolutely incredibly. Like this team right now is unbelievable. It's my favourite West Ham team. Like that was my that was yeah. incredible. I just want to go just a point on to what you just put there, like Ben Rama and Antonio. I think we've got to put Bowen in that as well. Um, I know he's not scored or assist like or got really assist yet, but last night Bowen was absolutely incredible. Uh, he didn't All get any them. praise last night, but he was he was unplayable last night. Bowen, he literally was just taking a piss. Uh, yeah. He's got to be well put into that as well. When he's he started the season on fire, so I'm buzzing for the left. The thing is, I think all eleven of them, within reason, have had very good starts to the season. Without a doubt, mate. Yeah, like we know we still need signings, but every single person in that 11 that's played so far has been incredible. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Um, sure, we can talk about the goals all we want in a minute. We'll talk about players. The, the changing point in that game, even though we were 1 0 up at the time, was the red card. Um, now, I think we all agree that it was a red card. Um, can, can anyone give an argument why it wouldn't be? I, can I just say, no one in the stadium at the time thought it was a red. Let maybe thought it was a foul, but I like no one really around us thought yeah, much of it. Yeah, late tackle. To be yeah, fair, even, like, even on the TV, um, I didn't think it was a bad tackle mm. for, for like the, the the live action of it. I didn't think it was a bad one until they 
I think Matt, because yeah. I was going to delay anyway, Matt said something and the replay showed how bad it was. Yeah, like everyone in the stadium, when they said VAR review, everyone's like, what? Like, that came out of nowhere. Like, what's going on? You don't see, like, everyone's then, like, chanting. Like, but everyone's still like, what the hell are they checking this for? Is this on four nows or is this on Perez? Like, and then after the decision was given red card, you see it. And then when you see the boot hit his ankle, the whole stadium just goes out. Ooh, like, it was, yeah. Everyone saw it once and went, yeah, he's a, that's a red card. I do feel like it's unfortunate because he is kind of barged by Creswell, but that's not a free kick either. But yeah, it's it's undoubtedly a red. Yeah, the only thing you can sort of say as a mitigating factor almost is the fact that he was off balance. But that's that's irrelevant. You can be as off balance as you want. That is a dangerous, dangerous tackle. Mm. If Fornells' foot is fully planted there, it's a potential leg breaker. So I don't think you can really deny that it's a red. Even for me there, right? Even if that's given as a foul on Cresswell, I think it was Cresswell at the time, yeah. that's still a red card for me because of, of how dangerous he is. He hasn't got to... It, if he thinks he's fouled there, he's just got to go down, which a lot of players do, would do. But the fact he's still gone lunging in after, after the tackle, that's still a red card offence. They actually yeah. changed it this season. So if you look back to last season, the Van Dyke injury, Pickford... Um, didn't get sent off or anything because of the offside in the build-up. So play was dead. But now, if it's dangerous, uh, dangerous play, regardless of whether the ball is dead or not from a previous decision, you can still be sent off. And it happened this weekend um, in the Newcastle game. Uh, yeah, with um, uh, uh, the people coming out and clattering, yeah, um, yeah, clattering into Wilson. So that's why now. Um, he he actually got a yellow card. He could have even been sent off because it was a bit like the old Schumacher for West Germany in 1980 or whatever it was when he absolutely took out the striker coming through. So that's the difference between this season and last season. So yeah, even if it was a foul in the build-up, he probably still would have got a red card. Yeah. I, I think the ref... That's I've been very against VAR, but last night in that decision there is why VAR is good. Like, I still want it probably gone but I think that last night showed why VAR has benefited the game. But this like, season's a big season for it. Because obviously last season there was a lot of dodgy VAR. But the first two weeks of this season, it seems to be a lot smoother and a lot better. So it's early days. It's yeah. only two weeks. Like but if it carries on on this, then it will. It should, we're seeing improvements. I'm with yeah. you there. I think that the fact that they've um, tweaked it a little bit, obviously this that the Roy just said there as well. Um, it should be a lot better this year, and it should. As it, this last year, there was a lot of dodgy stuff that uh, that was contradicting other VAR decisions, where this should, shouldn't allow for many contradictions to happen. So, yeah, I think I caught one of the games as well. I think it was that Newcastle game. They the reason that got called offside was because the lines didn't overlap. Now that's something else I think they brought in as well. The lines yeah, have to a overlap. Slightly bigger margin of error. Yeah, if there's daylight in between the two lines then the benefit of the doubt is given. And I think that's a good thing because, you know, it stops the whole, oh, your feet are a size 10 and mine are a size 9, you know, situation. So, um, which I think is really good. Daryl, I just wanted to pick up on something that you said earlier um, about still thinking we're, we're still in a, a relegation battle. Yes. So, in the history of top flight football in England, only one team have won their first two games 
scoring eight or more goals and been relegated. And that That's was funny. Newcastle in 1960-61. They won 3-2 in their first game at Preston and then uh, beat Fulham 7-2 and finished 21st and got We're relegated. Gonna I'm, going, I'm going to quote <laughs> Jamie Gray, Law of Averages. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> We're you. not going down. Well, yeah, if, if, if you want to, if you want to be even more optimistic, seven of the last eight teams to have started a season this well finished in the top four. Really? The only exception was Swansea in the uh, Meet Two season. My take on it so far is that we, we've both games has been we've been fantastic all around the park. I've still said from the podcast on two weeks ago, this isn't the problem time for us, and it won't be a problem time in sort of January or when we're out of Europe because it'd be one game a week again. The problem we're going to have is Thursday, Sunday, six, seven weeks on the bounce. We've international breaks now as well. Like even Antonio now is playing for Jamaica. He's going to have three, uh, an extra nine games leading up to Christmas. Um, like the fixture list on this squad right now for the next two weeks is not a problem. One game a week, the squad's going to be fine. It is when that, when that, um, Europa Cup starts, Europa League. That's when that's when it will really kick in how good our squad is and how deep our squad is. And it will see if we can keep winning games in the Premier League. I think I told you teams you you see teams struggle with it with Europa, with Europa League and Sunday football. I think the thing that is the toughest part about it was because I sent it to you. The six games we have after Europe, so when we play on the Thursday, the team we play on the Sunday, I believe this might even be the order. It's Man U. Brentford, Spurs, Liverpool, City, Burnley. So six, four of which are decent teams, two of which you'd probably go. There, there, <laughs> so the That's... only thing I can take out of that, Jay, right? Four, yeah. four out of six, yes. Yeah? So you said Man U, Spurs, City, Chelsea, yeah? Uh, no, Liverpool. Liverpool. Instead of Chelsea. Right? So they're four games that most years you come out of that, come into those and go, nick a point, we're happy. Mm. So you're sort of playing off it that, all right, you play Thursday night, play Sunday, don't get anything, you're probably not going to get anything anyway. It'll be, so you're quite lucky, really, that you're not playing the likes of Norwich. That's or true. So you, it's sort of free it's really, that you can go into those games thinking, okay, if we get something fantastic. But the you're looking at a glass that, half, you sound like a glass half full man for once right now. Yeah, yeah these things have changed. Darryl Woodford right the, now. The Brentford game and the, who was the other one you said? Burnley. Burnley. They're two massive games because if we want to, if we want to be pushing for Europe again this year, they're the games you have to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think, but I think Brentford will be my first game this season as well, which I'm very excited for. Um, mm. So it'll be, uh, it'll be very exciting. They've been surprisingly good so far this year, Brentford as well. Like I thought yeah. they'd stay up, but now I'm pretty confident they'll be okay. I'll be honest. I've seen, I see what little bits we've used, boys, at the yeah. West Ham fan TV event. And I've seen nothing of them this weekend. So I'm interested to watch them in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um, let's move on from... Obviously, we're going to keep talking about the game itself. But the, the main man we should talk about first, because I want to, I also want to talk about Declan Rice quite a bit as well. Um, we've got to talk about Antonio. Um, and as you said, not bad for a right-back. Uh, he is now our all-time Premier League top goal scorer taking over to Canio last night. Um he doesn't um, know his film references. Let's just say that. No, he, he got that yeah, wrong. Yeah, that, messed wrong. That. And that was quite embarrassing. But what wasn't embarrassing was his two goals. Um, and they were two, especially the first one. That is a proper striker's finish. Yeah. 
That's um, a Lukaku goal. That Lukaku I think the second one's better because I think the first one's actually really bad defending. But that's one's my better because of the touch, mm. right? Yeah. But the first one's better because it's a proper strikers hold the ball up, turn the defender. Yeah, defending's bad. Siontu last night was embarrassingly really? bad, really bad. But that is a proper. If as James was saying, there, that was Lukaku raving by that goal because it's a proper strikers finish. And it's good to see him. Good to see him do that. Score goals like that. I'm going to be honest. I thought he was pretty poor first half. Like I I, he, even I, it, he even said it himself, though, mate. Yeah, he, like, yeah. Moyes gave him a rocket at half time, apparently. So yeah, because there was just a few spots like he counted really well, and then the final ball was lacking. But I kept. He, was, I said he it, said himself, he, he he knew he had that record in his mind, and he was trying too hard to make it happen. So then, mm. second half, he just played his natural game. He is the best worst footballer I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> he's he's such a weird footballer. He's so bad, but he's so good at the same time. If that makes any he's, sense, he's he just we said it before, and I was actually um, the old James Lawrence Alcott did a video on it a little bit earlier, uh, just talking about Antonio, and he's like, everyone knows that sort of person. You look at him and you think you don't look like a good footballer, but he, he's just so effective, and like that's what there's not much more you can ask for, like. As I saw last night, he's got 33 goal involvements in his last 43 starts. Mm-hmm. That is top-class form of a striker. Like, any any striker in the world gets those sorts of returns. You're saying, yeah, that's fantastic. So there's not much more you can ask. Did you hear the other stat? He's accumulated, like, 2.58 XG so far in the two games he's played. That's more than, like, 12 teams, I think, in the league, which... It's just ridiculous. Like he's getting, just, he gets into spots and creates chances, and he will always score goals. Like if he keeps getting into them areas, you're all bang on. But again, the only the only worry with Antonio is his injury record. Um, I did see he said something yesterday that he's changed his diet and like his lifestyle a bit, and he says he barely even he doesn't even feel his hamstrings anymore. So I fully expect one to ping on Saturday. Yeah, one of ping Saturday, <laughs> so, but. If that if that's what if that's what he's changed them, um, but it, for the size of the game, I do think now you look at him now, he's toned down, toned down a bit from where he was mm. four or five years ago. When he when he played four or five years ago, it was a, it was a proper full out unit, like you could just see muscles bulging. And he's still a big lad, but I think yeah, he's too toned. No, he's not actually a tall lad either. He's only probably about five ten. He's just nah, I think he's six down. foot. Yeah. Me? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's, not anyway, um, he's not tall. Anyway. Oh, five foot 11. No, he's, not, he's not tall. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mark him at a corner. I'll just, just say like, that. It's tough marking him. But it's stuck playing against him. He's just a strong player. And all right, we said it a couple of times last year against United. He should bully this defender. Good defenders, are, good defenders will get the better of him quite a lot of the time. But these teams lower down the league, if he's on form, he he will absolutely terrorise sides. He done it to, I think it was Norwich a couple of years ago. When he got, was it the four goals he got, got against Norwich a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, when he's on, the game last year when he got injured, in a, uh, I can't remember who was playing the first half and he was just unplayable. Wolves. Wolves, and then got injured second half. Like, but games like that, he'll, he'll terrorise teams and he'll be an absolute menace. But Jamie Carragher made a point, though, last night, and I do now agree with him. We're in that stuck. We're in that awkward spot, though, where we're trying to sign a striker. When let's be honest, we probably don't. We need one, but we don't need a guy that's going to 
come in and expect first team minutes and expect to be our number one striker. So we need a young striker. Yeah, like that's the issue. Yeah, we need a young striker. Totally agree with you there. I they made made a point as well. Like if you if you were going out and signing Mikel Antonio now with the returns he's been getting, you'd be looking at thirty million for it. Mate, not that much at his age, probably a little bit less. But you'd be you'd be paying quite big money for him. The the amount of goals and assists he gets. So you're sort of like really stuck in limbo as to what we do. A couple of years ago, we were looking at just offloading him. Like, look, and he's well. Uh, you'll have to give him credit for what Moyes has done with him again. Like pretty much, like the the Arnautovic thing, playing him up front and getting the best out of him. He's, he's, he's worked wonders, and you've got to give him credit for that. Um, Dow, Moyes in or Moyes out? Uh, Moyes maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, right now you've got to say Moyes in. Um, even the interviews and stuff, I enjoy listening to his interviews at the moment as well because he's he's very calm about the club. Um, he knows that the, the fans want signings. He knows that. And I think he wants signings as well. But when you read things that he's saying that he only wants to strengthen that starting eleven, he's not looking for just squad players like we've done in the past with where we just signed everyone. He wants to strengthen starting eleven. And right now, that is a very hard thing to do. Uh, that starting eleven top drop. Um, yeah. So, like, Kurt Zuma or a Coletta Carson, I to come in over a Dawson, fantastic. But Dawson, the last two games, don't put a foot wrong either. He did everything last night. Yeah, he was fantastic last night. Everything to come to box last night, and even from even from corners, mate, he's so dangerous. Yeah, so yeah. dangerous. But going back to Antonio, do you think he said he only got ten this year? He set a target of fifteen last year. Sorry, he scored ten last year. He set a target yeah. of fifteen with Ben Rama and Bowen. Do you think uh, giving him a lot of? Um, uh, a lot of the ball and obviously two good fullbacks. Do you think he can get more than 15 this year? Mick? As always, it's if he stays fit. Mm. So, like, yeah, there's no reason he can't, but he's, he's got to play 30, 35 games a season to be able to hit those targets, really. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's proven himself in these first two games. I see he was 33 to 1 last night to be top scorer. So, do you fancy a couple of cheeky quid? Why are you can you just have a look back on his record, or, or you, Matt, for games played since joining West Ham? What I mean, cool. You've probably like talking about I've, calling yeah. me. Huh? He's, he's, giving, he's giving me that. You've I've done it. I'm asking a question. Huh? I've yeah, got the stats. I wasn't taking any risks. Go on. <laughs> so this is just games. It doesn't say how many starts or subs. First year was 26. Then it was 29 in first year at Olympic Stadium. 2017-18, he played 21. That was his least for West Ham. The year after, um, he got 33 games. Then 2019-20, the COVID hit year, he played 24. Then last year, he played 25. So 25 games isn't... I'm trying to find... It's not Andy Carroll levels, is it? Let's be honest. You're coming back from injury as well when you had Haller for a few of those and other other strikers and obviously playing out of position at times. It's not terrible. Uh, You'd like five more at least out of him this year, wouldn't you? So he had 23 starts in his first year for West Ham, three off the bench. He then had 29 starts. Then he had 16 starts, five subs, 22 starts, 11 off the bench. Then it's 19 starts, five off the bench. And then last year, it was 24 starts, two off the bench. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that's the way. If he if he's available for thirty games this year, thirty Premier League games to take Europe Europe out of it, we we are we we will be challenging for Europe again. Oh, big time! I think right now, I think the top four are set. I think Leicester is still going to be up there because I still think they're good enough. I don't think Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham are the next best. I don't think there's much below that. Everton could be, but I don't think... Arsenal are going to have to improve tenfold to be up in that area because I've watched five day games and I don't think they're anywhere near the level they need to be. The thing with Arsenal is, you look, they could have probably put an 11 out at the weekend of players that were either unfit or unavailable. Yeah, yeah. No Ramsdale, no Bellerin, no um, Party, no Lacazette, no Aubameyang, no Ben White. Like, the amount of players they have missing, don't get me wrong, it's a shocking start to the season for them and they, yeah. they need to improve quickly. But Erdegaard as well, still to come into that 11. So. Is, they are pretty much 95% chances of being three games, zero points with City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I bet with Melissa. That's a real tough, tough start for them. But then we're saying they're a bad side. They're a big club that will, that will be okay. They will I, win. I, I think they'll be around us this year. I, I don't think Arsenal are as bad as people think. If Arsenal came sixth this year, I would not be shocked at all. I think that's roughly where they should be. What's, and I think their, what's their run of games after the international break? Norwich, Burnley. I think it's that's the first two games after the international break for them. So, also, what helps them is no Europe at all this year. Yeah, so it goes after the international break. It goes Arsenal, uh, Norwich at home, Burnley away, Tottenham at home, Brighton away. Palace at home. They don't play another top fourteen till November after they play Nor- uh, Man City. So the, it's the, a nice the first game's a big one, isn't it, for them really to really see where they're at. So they should win a, other games here. But um, you know, the other day I was watching them. I watched the game, and I don't know if you guys did at all or not. Did mm. you watch it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I watched most of it. Yeah, yeah. Like Pepe, Pepe was great. I thought he looked like he was really getting frustrated. He was trying really hard, but no, no. I feel like unless they meet his level of performance, I can't see an improvement. It's the worst Arsenal team I think I've seen in a long, long... I've Probably in my lifetime, actually. I, think I agree with you on Pepe. I think he's really stepped up and he's finally finding the Premier League. I thought Tierney was dog shit on Sunday. I thought Tierney was the worst Arsenal player on Sunday. I thought he was only one point effort in, though. I thought he was horrific. Effort means nothing, James, when you're that bad. But, what what I'm saying, yeah, well, whatever. He's a great footballer, but... What I'm saying, though, is that that they were standing up and giving him a applause just because he was actually running after the ball. And that's the state of affairs that Arsenal are in at the moment. And that's where they're kind of getting to the point of frustration of fans. Their issue is that they don't like Arteta. A lot of them. James, you're Their right. issue we, is they want Arteta out. A couple of years ago, when we nearly got relegated, we were cheering Noble for the FA put in. That's right. that, it's the same thing. No, that's but, the exact same yeah, thing. But, but, no, that's but the then, no, not Noble was great either. Like, I'm just saying the other day, that, and they pulled it out last night before kickoff. Tierney, Tierney just kept making, he was in the wrong position. He kept making mistakes. Got drawn in for the James. I, I like Tierney. I think Tierney is a fantastic player, but he just weren't good at the weekend. But his effort is phenomenal, and he'll be a really good player for us this year. Oh, right. okay. let's, 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 let's move on because we're, we're not an Arsenal pod, right? Um, quickly about Declan Rice's performance last night, and then we'll talk very quickly about Zuma and the Fancy League before we go on to Palace. 
Matt, Declan Rice last night. Um, I've got a question for you. Can you win a World Cup with Declan Rice? Uh, you can do. Whether we win or not is a different matter. Uh, How many Euros? You know, his, uh, his game has improved so much in the last yeah. 18 months. Um, he's just added another level to it. He's not just that man who sits in front of the back four and, and breaks up play. He's got that extra bit, the passing, the, the, the dribbling out of the defence. Um, he's got um, the highest pass completion rate of anyone in the league that's played both games so far at 96.6%. Um, lots of detractors will say it's just sideways passes, but you know that's not the case. He does pass in through the lines, long balls as well. So he's genuinely, um, and I know Gary Neville was saying last night, they, he probably values him at 50 to 60 million, which don't get me wrong. A, a buyer's value and a seller's value is different. Um, but he is not a sixty million pound player for me anymore. He's like a, a seventy, eighty million pound player uh, in his current form. That's a good point, man. Right, and I was just, and it was something I was listening to the other, uh, yesterday, and Simon Jordan was talking about this because obviously coming from a perspective of, a, of an ex Crystal Palace chairman, like he kind of knows how how the big clubs operate, and if you've got players like. Uh, if you've got the big clubs that are, that can spend a hundred million pound, like what? Well, this year on one player, and then still fork out another hundred million pound if they need to at the next transfer window. When you've got players like your Zoomers that are getting kicked to the curb a little bit, that are still getting paid a lot of money, they want to step down, but they want to. They they're willing to make a sacrifice to step down to a smaller club, say, or one that's less. Um, you know, not as successful, but they want double the money, and it's kind of like this. So therefore, the smaller clubs with the less money are just literally getting like, you know, they're getting mugged off left, right, and centre because it's a it's a lose lose situation. Because the ones that obviously the better players we're not going to get, and we we end up after sacrifice for a less less talented player, but for money that the top earner should be getting. And it's just, and this is the situation, isn't it? Really, this what worries me is Zuma. If he comes in and we give him 125k, and we've not offered Rice 150, I'm fucking fuming because Rice, what Rice has done at this club, is more than Zuma will probably ever do for the club, and he's coming in and being offered that. So, I, if I they think it, they've, got to, they've got to expect a backlash a little bit if we lose Rice. I think Rice is going to leave in the summer anyway. But I think Zuma's wage demands have come down. Um, the thing is, though, that, that what you were saying about Neville, he did also state, though, outside of Man City, Suchek and Rice, he thinks he's like as match for most midfield partnerships. I don't yeah, agree yeah. with him. I think Chelsea's is better. Uh, but after that, I think... And Chelsea Liverpool. And Chelsea and City, and Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool, I think Rice and Zuchek are probably not far so, off from the Sinan. Kaya. Fabinho or no Fabinho, well, and, Fabinho when he comes back in really brings that standard up for me. Yeah, but they're not. I, I, would, say, I would say after them three, yeah, I totally agree. I'd rather have Suchek and Rice than um, Tottenham and Fred. I kind of do agree, Jamie. Like, I'm not saying that you're wrong at all, but but you're saying he's wrong. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> you got a fucking clue what you're talking about. I'm You'd just going to play a devil's advocate, sort of say. Um, because obviously they've obviously competed at, the, at these clubs and, and held their positions. So they're obviously superb players, right? But what has Rice and Suchek got to do 
right, for them to be considered as good as those three midfielders. Because you've got to remember that the players in midfield for, if you put Rice and Suchek in Liverpool, in Man City, and you've got Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, you've got... Uh, We're not Bernardo arguing Gilbert, Man City, to be fair, Geese. You've, you've got Salah. You've got all these players around them instead of Bowen, Fornells. Like, maybe do you not think that having these world-class strikers and forward players is actually... I'm not saying that they're not good enough to be in the team. I'm just I'm just literally playing devil's advocate of popping them in. Sort of, you can sort of... I understand your argument, James, but you can take those players out of the argument and the better players out of the argument because you're not saying, oh, just because they're playing these better players, they're going to be better. You're, we're just no, saying, you were just if saying... You were doing two, like a combined exercise. Two midfielders and what they do, right? And yeah. I agree with you. I think they're, they're unbelievable. And James, everyone said they're unbelievable, right? But at the same point, where they both are right now, Jorginho and probably Kante, Kante. are... And Kovacic, yeah. Are, are three... All three of them are unbelievable midfielders and probably just a step above, probably both at the moment. Rice and Zucic are still learning their trade a little bit as well, right? And we're not saying, and I'm saying in a couple of years, probably they can be up there with them. City, again, world-class players, Fernandinho, again, not far off them, but you can take the other players off because we're not saying that these better players make would make them better. It's just that they're not quite there yet. I, I mean, I, not like slacking them off, considering them to the best of the league. Yeah, I think just a question, really, because I'm thinking, like, what what about their game? Do you think is what makes apart from Kante? Because I think he's he's a slight exception because I think the guy has just got. Zuchik doesn't have to do much more than what he does to be to become better because he's just. I don't think I don't would suit a Man City. I don't think Suchet could play for a Liverpool. I don't know if that would be his. Sort of game, I don't. Zuchik in that United side, mate, unbelievable. Oh, maybe United. I think, but I don't think Suchek is the sort of player he wouldn't suit the game of your Liverpool's. Or no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Rice suits better to the bigger sides because they're ball playing sides. Right, Mm. Zuchik can play football, but Zuchik is a powerhouse midfielder. But then you look at look at Torre. Torre could play football, but what he done best was just be a powerhouse. Yeah. Um, so it's just the other thing I'm saying is that just, it's just that little bit extra. Like they're fantastic players, but yeah. these players at the bigger clubs just do that. It's the little bits. It's like the intangibles and the things. It's like they 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 never almost never give the ball away. They're always in the right position. They almost never get caught out. Like, obviously they do every now and then because everyone makes mistakes. I, but I think personally, so rare. Personally, Rice is 22, given four years, he'll be, and he's still playing in the Premier League, he'll be the best midfielder in the Premier League in that role. Because he'll he's be nearly there now. He's nearly there now. Like, as, as Matt was saying, very rarely gives the ball away, good positioning. Yeah. He, he will be, he'll be, he'll be quality if he stays in that role. I and think if he signs for you, Gary Neville was saying last night about being a better centre-half than a centre-midfielder, Geezer ain't got a fucking Scooby-Doo. He'll be a quality centre-half, but what he does, progression the ball forward now, is is second enough. I just I t- a team why I think it's because when you're pulling out stats like just like what Matt was saying earlier about ninety percent ninety six percent pass rate and things like that best in the league that so far this season and and we obviously we know we see him week in week out. It just makes you that that's the only reason I'm questioning it because um like I'm not for a second thinking that he's better than any of these guys. I just um 
Did it you just watch, makes me wonder, like, what is it they extra that they give? Because they're not did really you watch the up last night. Don't score, does he? Did you watch the build up to the game last night? James? Uh, no, I didn't. No, they they give a, a stats um, comparison between uh, Wilfred and Didi at Leicester and Rice mm. um, defensively, which technically Rice is a defensive midfielder, and Didi was um, yep. miles ahead on, on yep. stats. But going progression of ball forward, Rice was then better than Ndidi. So for Rice to really be um, uh, like the little bits, Rice to be even better, he needs to be, he needs to do more defensively because that's where he, that's where he technically plays is a defensive midfielder. And the other thing with Ndidi, the other thing with Ndidi, that's not his role because when you've got someone like Yuri Tillemans who's a very good ball progressor, you don't need to do that. You're going to let Tillemans do it. But then. Uh, with us, obviously Declan does. Declan takes the ball forward is great, and Zucic does do a lot, a lot of that as well, getting forward into the box. But Rice is your predominantly defensive midfielder. Now, already I've seen this year, uh, I've seen last year. The way he picks the ball up at times is is brilliant. But it just the the better he gets at that, and he keeps progressing the ball forward, the better he becomes a player. Um, you know, one yeah, thing that he did yesterday, yesterday like, which I thought was great, it was for uh, Ben Rama's goal. He picked the ball up with one touch, played it straight back out to the left wing again, and then he then sorry, and then he made the run and cut. He he played the ball in. He ran down the left wing, and actually cut the ball back, enabled him to score that goal. And I thought that was a really good bit of movement and something that you wouldn't expect from his game that people think he hasn't got, and he has. No, he's a quality player. Right, let's quickly talk about fantasy fantasy Premier League as we're already half hour into it. We just. It's, it's lovely to talk West Ham when we're doing well. Um, it's great to talk about. So, fantasy football. Um, Matt. Fantasy Premier League. I believe this is a bit of you, Matt, isn't it? The fantasy, fantasy no, league. I don't, I don't mind it. Go on. <laughs> leave me up. Uh, so yeah, it's been another high-scoring week um, all round, really. Um, I think the average score was uh, about fifty-five or fifty-six points um, across the board. But um, particularly in our league, you can see the standards fairly high, um, especially around that top area. You've still got three of us representing in the top four, but Tom Willits has, has taken over me in the lead um, by just he's two points. He's got too much time in his hand. On his hands. Yes. I think the key for him, he just had Ben Rama. I think the problem for me is that why I'm below you two is I've not had Ben Rama. Well, you two have. No, I haven't. I haven't either. And I haven't. Willow. 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 He go on with Willow. I didn't have Antonio either. I put Benny in this morning before he got that little price hike. Well, yeah, so I mean, like, it's like they're, 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 it's those sorts of players because I had suit like, until about two days before the season started. I had Suchek in as my sort of West Ham midfielder and I switched him out for Ben Rama just on, based on his pre-season. But that's the thing, like you're always going to tend to go for the players that you know. Um, so we'll have a few West Ham players in there. And admittedly, a lot of the template teams, almost all of them had Antonio in from the start of the season because of his value and his output and the start of the season we've had in terms of fixtures. Um, an interesting thing as well is I'm just looking at uh, like team values as well in our league because um, I've got a little add-on on Chrome. So my team is worth 100.5 now. Um, Daryl's is 100.4. Jamie's is 100.4. Uh, James, your team is currently worth still bang on 100. So you've had no real price changes on I'm your really players. Ha- 
I was really hoping you was going to say 99. It got down. Uh, <laughs> one person, Will Messenger, at the bottom of the league, his team is worth 99.9. He's uh, just 88 points from two game weeks. Fantastic. That is a poor start. I mean, noticed, I mean, you look at his, yeah, look at his team. He's still got Harry Kane as captain, so uh, that's that someone that has not looked at his team. team. Not even looked. <laughs> he did have Tyrone Mings this week though, with a big fifteen-point haul. So this Love is uh, this is my friend Alfie's uh, team. He's the one that's going for you three. Um, he's the one that he loves fantasy football. So he's, I think he's currently what is he sixth? I just uh, I yes, he is. He's sixth, and he's not far behind used to. Mig, I think you've still got to catch you a little bit, but um, yeah, he's got Ings, Ben Rama, Greenwood, Salah, Timika. Um, can't even say Simicast. that. Yes, yeah. So he's obviously doing quite well, and uh, I'm interested to know what he's going to do with Ben White there. Actually, at the bottom, There's, I think you um, keep Ben White. You keep Ben White because he, he he won't play this weekend, but even this weekend you'd keep on the but after international back, back uh, from COVID and their running fixtures, as I've said, is quite nice. So you keep them white. I'm also, yeah. I was going to get Lukaku in, but I think I'm just going to hold off a couple of weeks because then next couple of games against some better sides, maybe keep Bruno or Salah because I think they're more I likely really, to get I really tried to get him in while keeping the other two in as well, but it's pretty much impossible. Let's have a look oh, at your team. You can, you can get him in if you wildcard him because you, you can and you can, and it wouldn't be a terrible team, but I think if you want the more all-rounded team, you've got to drop one or the other. Um, I'm still looking at that sort of game week seven wildcard. Chelsea's fixtures from then on just look orgasmically yeah, lovely. good. And Chelsea um, looks fucking so, great this year. Yeah, so I'm, I'm it's, it's going to be... I, might, I, I really think Chelsea could win the league now this year. I think Chelsea look unbelievably good. Well, and I, not us. Well, we're top. Unbelievable, I think Chelsea could be special, special yeah, they, look, they did look They look shit hot the other night. Chelsea-Liverpool Saturday. Yeah, big mm. game. That is a really good test for them and and for Liverpool because they were saying last night, Virgil van Dijk against Lukaku is a battle up. Yeah, uh, and so Lukaku is a joke on Sunday. That would be a really, really interesting game to watch. Um, I'll, I'll give you my, my transfer for the week. I've taken out Simicast now that his price has gone up. With Robertson coming back in, I wouldn't have played him even if he was going to play at the weekend. I brought in Jaffet Tanganga. I was looking at Tanganga. Tanganga's a really good shout. Tanganga's a I, great shout. I've done my two transfers this week already because I had two to use and I brought in Ben Rama. Obviously. And I brought in Duffy. Oh, I've been signed out. Yeah, I brought, I brought in Duffy. I can't remember who I took out. What, what, the bloody player that keeps getting me points. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've made one of my two transfers this week. I've got Mope out because he's injured. And I've been Adam Armstrong. They've got Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Well, Armstrong's there are a few sure. weeks. Um, I did take Ben White out. I took Ben White out for Duffy. And I've got Ben Rama in for... I took Zutek out for Ben Rama. The, que okay, the question is... Looking at looking ahead to this weekend's fixtures, who to captain? Because I've currently got it set on Antonio. Um, I've got Antonio, but I'm very tempted to go Danny Ings. Let's go for pick team. Here's my squad at the moment. I might actually be thinking about taking Shaw out for Duffy. Oh, I'll probably get, go. He keeps, he keeps getting me points, and I'm not losing out on him every time. I think I'll go yes. Bruno. Because I don't rate Wolves this year. 
I think Bruno. I'll go with. But I, 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 if you go like an Antonio, I think that's not a bad shout. Right, let's. Um, we've been talking forty minutes. Let's take a break, um, and we'll come back and discuss Palace. Okay, uh, Saturday, three o'clock. First Saturday, three o'clock fixture for a long time uh, for West Ham, and it is Palace at home. Another, well, it's another very good game for us uh, this early in the season. Palace haven't started overly well. Uh, obviously, we've had a great start. Um, Matt Stats, let's go. Got him. Matt Stats. You didn't. I did. Almost. I oh, it, it, was, it, was, it was. It was like a cast. As a yeah. half player. It was like how quick his head turned, though. It was like a whole back <laughs> to it. Yeah, I nearly got a whiplash. <laughs> me, talk to me. Uh, yeah, so I'm just, before I get into the post game, just to cut the stats from, from the first couple of weeks of the season for us as well. Um, so it's the first time since 1930 we've scored eight goals in our first two games of the season. Um, we're top of the league for the second time in our history. The last time was in August 2006 at the start of that season. Um, and it's the first time we've won our opening two Premier League games since 97 98. Since um, 1997. I'll tell you. Yes, that so that's, that's, not, that's not too bad. A good start. And also, Mikel Antonio and Saeed Ben Rama are the first players in Premier League history yeah, to both score and assist in their opening two games of the season uh, for the same club. So, all I'm saying is we're going to win the league. Anyway, we're fucking massive. We are fucking massive. Matt, um, I know you've got more stats. Uh, this is a question for you when, when, when you're done. Can you look up, have we ever won our first three games in a season? I will have a look at that once I've given you my West Ham Palace head-to-head stats. Excellent. So um, we've played Palace 62 times in our history. And Darrow, as you weren't here last week, I'll give yeah. you the honour of going that's first. A really sh- that's a really small total, isn't it? For a it is. It's time. not a lot. Yeah. I think we've been just in different divisions a lot of the time. Yeah, so. 62. Yeah. I'm going to go with 25. James, what do you reckon? I'm going to go with 31. I'm going to say different thing. I'm going to go 28. Well, we've actually won 24. So, Darrell, we were close, but no cigar. Not a bang on the nose, but you were the closest. Uh, yeah, play 62, 124, drawn 22, lost 16. Um, so we are definitely the, the superior side uh, of the two when we faced each other. Um, and the only other thing I've got this week is Moyes' record v Palace because obviously it's Patrick Vieira. We haven't got a head to head with Moyes and Vieira or West Ham and Vieira. It's the first time we'll be facing him as a manager. Um, and Moyes' record v Palace is played 11, won 8, drawn 2, lost 1. Um, so that's quite encouraging. Obviously, they haven't scored a goal yet this season, um, having lost 3-0 to Chelsea on the opening day and then drawing 0-0 with Brentford at the weekend. Um, so it would be absolute peak West Ham to Hello. lose well, eight goals now opening, to, in, opening two games and play a team that haven't scored and lose 2-0. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Um, that's that's it for our head-to-head, and I'll see what I can find out about West Ham's opening three games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so... 
well, um, in recent years, we've, we've actually quite enjoyed games against Palace. Um, Jay, Jay, you're going against Saturday. Um, looking forward to it? Yeah, Jay, I am. Uh, oh, I'm you just really excited to just be... Jay, sort your minute out. James, uh, excited to watch the game Saturday? Of course, yeah, at the moment. I'll, to be fair, the only time I've not been looking forward to watching West Ham is when we've been absolute tosh at the bottom of the table. But right now, I get really excited about game day, like really excited, because I think we're just excellent to watch. Like we play really good football. We play football the right way. And, you know, all the all the, the fundamentals that, you know, you, you learn from a kid and like, you know, you expect, especially at professional level, Moyes has got the team. The team doing. They look like they're enjoying playing football. They look like they they've got a good team chemistry, good team bond. They're working hard for each other, and it's just a really good. At the moment, it's a really good time to be a West Ham fan, and and I think that's why I'm really loving watching us at the moment. Um, I could hear you, so I didn't know why you couldn't hear me. So apologies. Yeah, you keep. Uh keep buffering Jay you're buffering now as well so uh, Matt let's start with you what's your thoughts on the game uh, well I can tell you that we've never won the first three games in the Premier League um, we've done it once in 83-84 in the old first division we won our first three games scoring seven and conceding none um, so there you go that answers your little question um, very much yeah it's a game again should be winning I mean you look at Palace's um start to the season, it hasn't really instilled a massive amount of confidence in their fans. I spoke to um, a mate of mine, my old manager actually, who um, is a Palace fan. We always have, we pretty much always have a fiver on the game. Just uh, And then draw is a, is, is a dead heat. But he was like, no, I'm not that stupid. So uh, he's, he's bottling it this weekend. Um, but I mean, like, obviously they lost a fair few players like, out of contract over the summer. They haven't really brought anyone in to improve the squad. Um, like again, it's, it always comes down to them, and I always feel like it does. It's it's Zaha, and he's the man you've got to keep quiet. Even though last season Christian Benteke done us over scoring in both games against us, I think. Um, but I just feel like the way we've started, the way they've started, they're not going to be full of confidence again back in front of the home fans. And I've said it from the start: the stadium isn't, has never been the problem. It's always been the quality of the football. Um, to get the team, to get the fans on side of the team, and we saw that last night. Obviously, Jamie can attest to how good the atmosphere there was. We've seen videos on Twitter all day about how good it was. So, I think back in front of those fans again, with six points behind us out of the first two games, everyone's going to be buzzing, everyone's going to be full of confidence. And I, I'm going to be really naive here, but I can't see us not winning it. Night you know oh, sorry, Dale, go on. Yeah, night atmospheres are always amazing at West Ham we, we've known that through the years especially at the bowling but Saturday three o'clock beers will be beers will be flying about pretty early doors I, f- I think the atmosphere will be just as good maybe even better Saturday for a three o'clock kickoff I think you know it'll what? be better now we've got the win under our belt it's the confidence is already installed and we didn't beat like a Norwich we beat a team that were pushing for Champions League last year so everyone's going to go into Saturday not really nervous quite confident yeah. these are the games that always worried me yeah, we, we, I, we, 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 you always have a high expectations then, don't yeah. you? 
Palace are a weird side because this year they obviously gone through quite a rebuild and they could have gone one or two ways. They could really struggle or they could really like do well and take to Vieira. Early signs have been so-so. The problem losing Eze to what he got is horrific. And like some of the players have brought he done his Achilles, didn't he? I think he's out till at least 2022. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's out for a while now. I didn't even yes. know that. I didn't even know that. I was back, just back to ask you how he's been playing. I didn't even realise. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah, so he's out most of this season. Like They've got in some good players. Like Elise from Reading is, is decent. The two centre-backs they've brought in are solid. I don't think they'll be an easy team to break down just because I think I like both Mark Way and Joachim Anderson. But I don't what really worry about what they've got going forward, which is ironic because right now we look great going forward and a little bit lax. The defence has been the bigger uh, issue. Yeah, I wouldn't say it lacks defence, you know. Like, again, yeah. yesterday was just one mistake yesterday, a couple yeah. mistakes at Newcastle. But when you're playing that role going forward, you can't afford to can't afford to lapse in concentration. Cause could you, could you, you say we're prone to conceding? Yes. <laughs> You'd have a day where you, where you don't score and you're going to concede one. Yeah, it will happen. Yeah. Um, I would really like a clean sheet. I'd love a clean right, sheet. Right. Um, Definitely. Obviously, it doesn't... Well, there's still a few days left and we know that Zuma could potentially be coming in. And obviously, Lingard... It's progress today. They're still hoping that they get Jesse in as well. Um, and potentially another striker. I still don't really know who that striker would be if we do bring one in. But um, no changes yeah. to... It's yes. been it's moved today. There's been progress made today. Like before, the board were nervous. They didn't think it would happen. They're now hopeful. Some people say medicals booked, but X has basically come out and said it ain't booked, but it's gone in the right direction. Yeah, I see. I did see X come out of that because some clown was like, "Yeah, the medicals in Paris." And X was like, "Why would they do that? Because they have to isolate either side." So, yeah. um, but Chris Romano is also reporting that it's. Very close. Um, obviously, X is probably the, the better one to go with from a West Ham perspective, but Romano is fucking top tier when it he's comes class. to transfers. All right. Like, I know he's probably going to be on some good wages. and 25 million you know, as well. He's a young centre-half and he's a quality centre-half. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I would be actually buzzing to see him and I'd want to play together for a few years. Yeah. Um and then, and then that gives you the likes of Diop for another couple of years to progress as a good player. Um, with, with Especially with Europe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because Diop will play European football this year and cut football. We, we know that. And it'd be, yeah. good, it'd be good to see. But if, even if, say, he comes in at the later stages of this week and Jesse maybe before next Tuesday in a striker, no changes made to the side, Saturday? Definitely not. You're, no. you're muted, James. Yeah. Because I was clicking away, um, yeah, no, uh, I for me, no, you can, you can't, you can't change the sides. They, they, they know that it's almost like they're drilled. They know what they're doing. I think if you change the side now just to keep someone happy that's like not quite playing yet, I, it, it might it could upset the dynamics of the game, especially against Palace. So for some reason, they seem to turn it on against us a little bit as well. I don't think any of them because right, I know you've only got what five real first team players on that bench as well. I don't think any of them any of them would, would, would kick up a stink if they're not playing. Even Yarmolenko, I think he knows his role at that side at the moment. Hmm. Um, Lanzini knows his role. Lanzini will get chances here. In Europe, I think he's going to have a 
fantastic European campaign. She was playing well in the pre-season as well, Lanzini. That 11 we put out, the first two games for me right now is undoubtedly our best 11 and I don't yeah. think anyone can dispute it. No, no. And that's that's why we need to just strengthen a little bit. That's Jesse coming back in will be a fantastic signing for us because he just strengthens that, that front three, uh, the, the, sorry, the front four with... Because if then you can rest Ben Ramo for four hours and Bowen at times, and Lingard comes in there, you do need another strike. We know that, and we could talk about that all, all night if we wanted to. Um, yeah, so, that's uh, just I'm... to fill you with a little bit of confidence, Jay, about the potential for a clean sheet. Palace have had three shots on target in their first two games, um, with an XG of 0.9 um, across the two games. My confidence, instead of going that way for them stats, has gone like this because we're West Ham. So, uh, just, to, just to put that into perspective, ours, we've got the highest XG in the league so far this season. Love that. Love that. Um, Mate, Brighton, fucking, they've turned into the anti XG kings. They just destroy it. Love it. Stop. If you want to talk about Brighton, go on Brighton podcast, all right? We're oh, not, I'm sorry, we're, we're not the pretty boat. Oh, it's not, not, no, wait a sec. Podcast, it's not the Brighton podcast now. It's the Graham Potter podcast. <laughs> Such a weirdo. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do predictions now because I want to, at the very end, talk about the European draw on Friday. So, um, who wants to go first? I think you should go first, Dan. Well, I'm top of the league, aren't I? Oh, you top are top of the league. You, as a little update, um, you did... We none of us got the correct result or correct score, obviously. But Daryl did have four nails down as his first goal scorer, so he gets five points for that. I'm part of the I'm part of the Pablo Four Nails fan club with Tom Willits. Um, <laughs> he's, so, the, he's the leader. He's the <laughs> he's CEO the of that club. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with three-one. I think we can see it again. Um, but I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go Bowen this week. Just what uh, He's due one. He's been fantastic. So I'm going with that. No, go out there. I'm gonna go two nil. Uh, what was that? You turned into a robot there, two, two nil. I think that was, yeah, two nil. Yeah. And I've got to go with him again, Antonio. Yeah, so that's I'm going boring, but it works. James, what are you going for? Oh, this is a tough one because I am really clearly underestimate our team. <laughs> Because, like, I get excited every week about watching because I know what they're capable of. But my pessimistic brain always seems to come in and under sort of give us, un like, low expectations. <coughs> and, like, you know, I'll put us down as a draw. Like, I said last week that I'll take a draw now if you give it to me. And then we end up absolutely battering Leicester 4-1. We all said that, though. So I never really know how to predict our, our games anymore. Like I feel like Palace could be one of those teams that they're going to come with us knowing what we're capable of and sit back and it'll be hard for us to break down. And I know we struggle having a plan B. And if if we don't get past them and they get men behind the ball, we struggle to beat teams that do that. So I mean, it's saying... I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with 2-1. I think, like Daryl will concede a goal. Um, at the same time, I think with Eze out, it's going to be quite hard for them. But Benteke loves popping up with a little goal. Uh, is he even playing? Is he fit? Yeah, he yes. played, he's played both their games so far. Yeah, like he, he's a threat in the air. Um, 
you know, he gets if he gets in on Cresswell at the back post, we're screwed. That's a goal straight away. Who's your first goal scorer? First goal scorer. This is including oh, away oh, goals. Oh, oh, yeah, and he still can't think of a person. <laughs> oh, no. I'm trying to... It's because I'm always wrong every week. Sort him out if he carries on. Come on. Right. I'm going to go for Ben Rama first goal. Matt, hey, Matt, hey. Matt, give me a full match report, please. <laughs> <laughs> the game's going to start slowly, and then. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've already got mine in. I've got 3 0 Antonio. I know, um, I analyse it. I'm just, just full of confidence. <laughs> Excellent. Um, before we talk about uh, the Europa League, very quickly, there's a bit of breaking news coming out of the Premier League just now. Um, Premier League clubs have today reluctantly but unanimously decided not to release players for international matches in red list countries next month. Um, okay, that's good for us. I that don't is, know, I don't know who's got in red list countries. Well, it's Iran, basically Iran, anyone Iran, that's Iran. going to South America is done for a lot of the Caribbean is red, so J- Jamaica games might be off oh, the cards. That would be very good, and also Ben Rama might. Be with us, yeah, that's good for us. That's really good for us. Be interested to see the um, the fallout from that from players, but uh, we'll see. Did you you see that tweet from the real Man City uh thing? Well, they put on they said, um, West Ham, uh, what is it they said? Hold on one second, uh, it was to do with um. I think we yeah, because I've commented and Matt, I liked it, and Matt commented on the bu- as the Bubbles podcast, didn't you, Matt? Oh, that one. Yeah, I thought you meant like the actual official Man City Twitter. Nah, nah, the no, real, the real Man Man City. Well. Um, they they said West Ham are winning the league, aren't they? And I commented saying, "Haha, we only have eleven players," and uh, obviously, seen like, lots of people are favourite that, but it's true though, isn't it? Like that they they clearly don't. <laughs> understand how crap our squad depth is well we we have quite a long um good affiliation with city going back years uh yeah, yeah. when they make up with us i've read that in a couple of books as well that we've never really had any trouble with city fans as a whole um yeah so i think they like the way we play football at the moment which is good um before we go europa league draw is friday i believe it's 12 o'clock uh, Friday, and I don't know. If, I think you boys were talking about doing something on the on the channel. I think we might do like a quick review after. That's probably yeah. the best thing we can do. Yeah, only got to be fifteen percent. Just just talking about it quickly. Isn't it? Um, excited? Yeah, very. Yeah, I'm, I am. Like I couldn't care less who we get. I, I'm just really, really like happy and grateful that we're in this situation for the first time that we can actually be part of this. Draw with the balls. <laughs> I can't wait to. I can't wait to get my Europe season ticket booked. Eighty-five quid for three games. Uh, sort of do the Palermo game and a, a few of the older games like Jokeret and Heron Veen back in the day. And but being in the group stages is a completely different, different feeling. And, Obviously, uh, there's like we, we'll get a bit more information after the next couple of days with the Champions League qualifiers, we'll get teams coming down from that. Mm. And the uh, Europa League playoffs second leg is on Thursday. Um, so then we'll have a full picture of who exactly is going to be in the pots. But I mean, pot one so far is Leon, Napoli, Bayer Leverkusen and Lazio. Like there's four pretty big games there. Like, do you imagine a, an away day to, to Napoli or, or to Leverkusen wow. or something like that? It would just be that will go off. 
To be fair, if we get Napoli, we'll probably just team up. If 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 we got Napoli, we're all like we're basically the same as Napoli, aren't we? It would just be us teaming up, going around, stabbing everyone else. All the Lazio and Napoli ultras are absolute nightmares. So they are, yeah. The West Ham fans would go out there in their numbers as well. I really uh, hope we oh, miss we'll like fill, a, fill up your, the allocation. Hundred percent, we would. Like I'm hoping we miss a team like Splatak Moscow or a Red Star. Or, I just want to go like Belgrade or yeah. Two would be a good one. Benfica would be a good one. Quite like Benfica. Or nice, nice trip to Monaco, the south coast of France. Lovely. I'd yeah, love my, I, you know what I was also like. I'd like Prague. I'd like either the Prague sides. Yeah, Happy. I even wonder like an, an Eintracht Frankfurt. So I'm like, what yeah. about uh, Ammonia Nicosia? Fancy a nice little trip to Cyprus? That's oh, a long flight. That. That's a long. Uh, my aunt lives not far from Nicosia, so yeah. Well, we'll have a we'll have a place to stay for the night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's that? has got to be about four hour flight, and it four four yeah, hours. Yeah, four hour. four and a half. Yeah. Oh, what I'd do to get to an away day, but it'd be tough getting tickets. I'm um, gonna. I, I, what I'll probably do is just book the flights. Like, see if like straight after the draw. Just if we get like a team that looks decent, just buy the return flights. If I can't go, I can't go. What's it? I'd even. Work? I'd even just. I'd go, mate. You, the West Ham fans. You'll find a place to watch it. I'd go if you're doing that. Just go. Yeah. Like, I just don't. The experience of being out there would be incredible. I really don't want to get Shakhtar Donetsk, um, Radders from Denmark, and Ludogorets from Asgard. If that's how I think I'm killing myself. I remember um, when we played Palermo in 06, the West Ham fans going out to Italy that year was mental. Like, that was. That, was, that weren't, probably weren't far off the allocation of. Of the bowling that went out there for that, we took some serious amount of fans out to Italy that year, um, and, and we'll do it this year. It's great to see a West Ham fan base that is predominantly happy at the moment. All right, we've got problems with the board and, and transfer and stuff, but it's fantastic to see us all buzzing. I, I, I just love watching West Ham again, and I haven't been out to say that since we left the bowling. Feels pretty damn good. Yeah, that's great. Does does, and it. I'll, I'll be corny, but it's great to share it with you clowns as well. So uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm in a good mood today, Jamie. Next year I'm going to call you a cunt. So uh, <laughs> there he is. That's now one nice. <laughs> Probably no better way to finish. Okay. One whole one whole podcast about being called a nonce. You just did it. Exactly. Ninety nine percent of a podcast about being called a nonce. How's that feel? Shut up. <laughs> um, as Matt said at the start, all the handles, we're on everything. Um, Twitter, Matt does most of, Facebook, obviously podcasts, YouTube and stuff like that. So if you can please follow and like, that'd be great. Um, we are trying to get a special guest on in a couple of weeks um, who we met the other night at our uh, WFTV, WHUF, WH. FTV, whatever they're called. <laughs> my, 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 I'm sorry. Just, just watching Daryl's brain as he yeah. tries to spell. A little bit of smoke coming out of channel, so I apologise. Um, but yeah, uh, we're hoping to get uh, a special guest on and maybe one of the other guys from uh, WHF TV as well. I hope to get Nick on at some point who was in a right state that night 
um <laughs> get out so um yeah no i'm looking forward to that it'd be good and then we can go from there and james might have a little special guest for us in a couple of weeks as well but that's 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 in the in the book so um cheers guys i've had a great evening i look forward to watching the boys play saturday if i actually get the chance to when we're not playing cricket so um i'm not playing cricket yeah cheers mate um, <laughs> actually my team's strong with that you don't even care um, <laughs> 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 um no uh thanks boys and the last thing to say is come on your irons come on your irons come on your irons <laughs>